Rough night with all the lightning and thunder and so forth. Don't know if it woke you up or not, but that's gone. Moved out, and today's going to be nice. Sunshine, highs in mid-70s. Sunny and nicer tomorrow, highs of 66. Same for Friday. Warmer Saturday, highs of 72. Chance for showers on Sunday evening with a high of 70. And then next week starts pretty much where we're supposed to be with the average high of 62 degrees. Paul, Paul pardon me, Violas joins us right now. Um, he is the National Law Enforcement Security Analyst, CEO of Violas Group International. And, Paul, good morning. How you doing? Happy New Year to you. Healthy and Happy New Year to you and all your listeners, Tommy. I, I don't know if people took advantage of what I said uh, would be a, a good sto- uh, stocking stuffer for people. But tell them about your book, what I call a, uh, a guide to living in America today. You know what? The best way to look at safeguarding America, Tommy, is that um, it, it addresses the things that keep you up at night. I mean, that, that's that's pretty much it. It's pretty straightforward. I mean, it was written for pretty much everybody because regardless of how much money you have, where you live, color your skin, doesn't really matter. You know, same thing keeps us up at night. Uh, children, travel, home, et cetera, you know, money problems. And uh, it addresses the, these things and really how to keep yourself safe from them. So uh, that's where it came from. It came from listeners from my radio career and TV career that wrote in and asked me to, to provide them answers to something, and that's what turned into the book. Well, at Safeguarding America, I suggest you get a copy for your teenagers or, or adult kids because – or even, you know, even older adults, I think, can use it because it'll make you realize that, unfortunately, you are just a fish going about your business and there are sharks circling overhead and you have no idea. Tell us about these Idaho murders for people that uh, know of it, but they don't know exactly what happened. They do have a suspect in custody. But first, the backstory on the murders, Paul? Yeah, you know, I think that in the totality of this, Tommy, the thing that everybody really needs to understand is that um, when, when you think of a, a multiple homicide like this, especially one that's perpetrated with a knife and not a firearm, um, it, it speaks to the motive of the killer, this being clearly much more personal. Uh, anything with a knife is going to be something that shows a great deal of disdain towards the individuals that have been targeted. The second part is, is processing the crime scene. This is a bear when you think about just the, the, the sheer amount of blood and fiber and tissue that has to be collected and processed. This is an enormous task, which I do have to say kudos to the Moscow Police Department for reaching out to the Idaho State Police to, to get them to come in there and help them process that. There was no ego involved there. They jumped in. They did a terrific job in processing it. So, you know, for that perspective, great. But now we look at really the big picture here. They have a suspect in hand. Obviously, it's out to the media. There are a million questions about what's next and what sits, you know, for the victim's families. Well, the comment about there's a tie back to DNA, everyone needs to be careful about that right now because I know that I'm I'm listening and and watching things, you know, through the media that are saying that, you know, this really puts him there. That doesn't give us a whole lot, And, and that we need to be careful about because at best, and I mean at best, If all the stars align, then it puts him in the house. It does not put him with the knife in his hand, not even close. We're moving now, uh, for all your listeners, we're moving now from the arrest stage, from the law enforcement stage, to the prosecutorial stage, where everything is going to be scrutinized, from 
the manner in which that pro- the, the crime scene was processed to how you're going to turn that into evidence where you can prove beyond a reasonable doubt that this suspect or whatever suspect you're going to present did in fact commit that crime. So we are a long way from home on this one, Tommy. When it comes to the crime itself, does it indicate to you or has there been any indication that there was some type of relationship between the alleged killer and the victims or that he knew one of them or they knew him? They have not come out and said that at all. I will tell you after 43 years of investigations uh, for government and the private sector, unequivocally, yes. Because it was personal, uh, And not just right? a relationship. Because it was very personal, personal killing. Go ahead and expand on that, if you will, Paul. Very personal. When you see a knife, that's personal. And I don't care what it is. Now, some people will try to categorize that um, in, you know, further. But I will tell you unequivocally, Tommy, when you see a knife, that's personal. There's disdain. Now, what I did find interesting are some of the interviews, and they're in the genesis of the stage, with people that knew the suspect when he was in high school. And they describe him as being bullied, uh, socially withdrawn. Girls mocked him. They called him a creep. They made fun of him. They isolated him. And now we find the first two victims are two girls. We also find that calls for service from Moscow PD to that house was not a strange thing for noise complaints and loud parties, which tells us that this isn't your average house and you really can't really track how many people have been in and out of that house and how many parties have been there. This is going to, this really begs the question, how often was this guy in that house? And this is going to have to come out. And what kind of interaction he had with the victims, because clearly he knew them. To what extent, we don't know yet. That's going to come from where we are now, Tommy, with respect to search warrants. Search warrants for his car, search warrants for his, his desktop, his laptop, his phone, who he communicated with, what he said, what was said on social media. All that's going to be put together right now. And it's going to start pointing towards the victims in a real fast way. Right, let, me t- let me take a break, Paul. When we come back, we'll talk about how the police did, as far as we know, wind up with this um, subject, this uh, alleged killer. Cole Berger, uh, Ph.D. candidate, Washington State University in Pullman, about 10 miles from the University of Idaho in Moscow. And, and then his father is involved in this, too. Somehow they were stopped twice, I think, by police. But... They don't know um, why or what happened there. 651, 9 till 7, traffic now, WWL. It is 654, 6 till 7. We're talking to Paul Violas, our friend, national <coughs> law enforcement security analyst and CEO of Violas Group International. His book, Safeguarding America, I would tell you is a must read. And again, the best way I can describe it, Paul, is that we are just fish going about our business. And unfortunately, there are sharks circling about us. We don't know about them all the time. Uh, we seldom are aware of them, but this book maybe will make you a little bit aware. Um, so how did the police get on to Brian Kohlberger? How did, what led them to him? You know what's fascinating about this, Tommy, is that it's a public DNA database that they were able to make a connection to him. Now, it's unknown as to whether or not the connection was directly with him or with a family member, but, you know, they searched obviously uh, all of the criminal databases where uh, that DNA is, was listed and did not find anything, but apparently they found it to some type of, uh, you know, public, which we subscribe to and submit our DNA, and they found it in that, and that's how they made the connection to it. 
So he was pulled over twice in the same um, county, I started to say parish, but it's not Hancock County, uh, for following too close when his father was with him in a car. I guess they were going back to, to Pennsylvania. Um, am I am I making too much here? Is this a, a plea to, to get caught somehow or just he's a terrible driver? Anything to be read into that? Not really. I mean, you know, when you think about it, there's a number of things that are at play there. One is, when we don't know this yet, was a BOLO, BOLO standing for be on the lookout, was a BOLO put out by Moscow PD or Idaho State Police relative to this particular guy? Now, if that's the case, um, then it begs the question, why it didn't come out on the NCIC, FCIC hit uh, when they pulled him over? That's a, we just don't know that yet, and that, that hasn't been released. Uh, as far as why he went home, this is the simplest place to look for him, Tommy. Think about it. For everybody listening right now, where do you think this kid's going to run? He's running home. You know. So if I'm looking for you, I know that's going to be my first stop. And he goes right to mom and dad, which is exactly what he did. Now, this, this also begs the question, what do the parents know? Now, listen, being a parent, being a grandparent, you're a parent, Tommy, listen, you, we know we do everything we can to, to help our kids. So the question is going to be, what did they know and what do they know? Is there any um, indication uh, or from your experience that this guy has done this kind of thing before? Are we talking about a serial killer here or was this just acting out for whatever reason in rage against these four people? What I think this, what this sounds like to me, and again, we're in the genesis of the investigation. What it sounds like to me, based on what I have heard so far, if we put all the pieces together here, um, to fast forward, it sounds like he had some type of encounter, encounters, possibly a quasi-relationship, who knows, with one or more of the victims. That's, that's what it sounds like to me. When you start describing, when his high school classmates describe him as they have, it leads me down the road to believe that this bullied kid who spent his time going for a Ph.D. in criminal justice and criminology to study forensic psychology, this tells me somebody that's really trying to regain search, some kind of power in their lives. Mm -hmm. And to me... To me, I think that what this is all really going to come down to is not that he had a criminal history and not that he's ever been arrested before, mm -hmm. but he's been stewing on this for a very, very long time. And again, when you when and we've talked about school shootings before, Tommy, you and I. Mm -hmm. And when you start thinking about the common denominators when it comes to that, how old this guy is and how he's moved up in his life and where he is today. I think what we're going to find is not that he had a history of violence, but he certainly had a history of violent thoughts and expressions, and that's going to come out in search one. And the study of criminal justice was why, Paul? Why would he pick that? Know the system. Know the system. I mean, think about with it. With this Tommy, in mind? The... <laughs> know the system with this in mind? Absolutely. I mean, okay. think about it. You're, you're in one of the greatest football states in the United States. How do you prepare for a football game? You study the other team. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what he did. He really knew what he can do and what he couldn't do. Why do you think when they arrested him, his first question, Tommy, his first question was, hey, did you guys arrest anybody else yet? Wow. Right, exactly. And this is not going to be easy for detectives. He's going to play with them. Very first case I ever investigated, and God knows I'm dating myself here. 
is uh, is Berkowitz back, you know, the old son of Sam case mm-hmm. in New York City. Uh, worked with and, and investigated and interviewed a lot of folks like that over my career. And I could tell you, hey, this guy is not going to make it easy for detectives. He's going to play with them. He's going to taunt them. You can see that already. So this, they've got an uphill battle here. Thank you, Paul. We'll talk to you again. Hope you have a happy new year. You as well. Healthy and happy, Tommy. Right. Thank you. Paul Viola's National Law Enforcement Security Analyst, CEO of Viola's Group International. Uh, the-